Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Welcome to this place I talk about a lot of dad topics with my kids and my family and even just being a dad. Plus, I talk about a lot of other things that guys think about or at least things that I think about and hopefully you find interesting and useful in your life. So thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Now, I'm fighting a little bit of a cold, so hopefully you can bear with me. My voice is kind of coming in and out, kind of feel like crap, so... Hopefully I can get through this whole thing with you today. Now I was going to start this show and say I hope everyone had a great new year and blah 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 and all this other stuff, which of course I hope you did. I hope you've got some goals set up and all that stuff. But I also want to mention that the time of year or what holiday it is, what holiday just got over, what new year has come doesn't dictate what type of day you have or what type of day you're going to have today. Yes, I did a show last year, talks about New Year's resolutions, how to keep them. And sure, I still agree with that. Setting goals and resolutions, it's a great thing to do. It keeps you on track. It keeps that carrot hanging out in front of you. Keeps us working towards something, you know, if it's big or it's small. But I do think that people can kind of get caught up in the when to start the new me shit. You know what I mean? It gets a little too overwhelming that... You have to wait for the new year to come to change your life. Next year's going to be my year, or I'm going to do this starting 2023. Why wait? Start now. Don't put so much emphasis on what you're going to do in the future. If you want to really make a change, start right now. Do your best in the moment today. Does that kind of make sense? Is that too much? Is that uh, too preachy? I feel like I sound like Richard Simmons motivating people to do the jazzercise, but I mean, if you say you're going to quit smoking in 2023 and then next week you suck down a pack of cigarettes, does that mean that you're just going to throw in your hat until 2024? Well, no, you're going to start new the next day. You're going to start new again. I know this sounds kind of dumb and it's not really a new message, but I think it's worth saying. I just don't really like that people get hung up on this, this new year, new me, which, okay, it's great. But maybe new day, new me. I don't know. Wake up and, and change your life, your situation, your job. Do it one day at a time and work toward what you want. Again, a little preachy. I know. I'm sorry. All right, moving on here. A couple other things I want to mention before I get into the main topic, which I don't even know what that's going to be. Well, I kind of do. kind of have an idea. If you listened to last week, you should know I have an idea. First is Ken Block. Kenny Boy, professional rally driver, action sports legend, co-founder of DC Shoes, founder of Hoonigan, a motorsports company. He passed away on the 2nd of January. As you hear this on Friday, it was last weekend. Had a snowmobile accident up in Utah. So, damn it. It's crazy. It's just freaking crazy. And I keep seeing all these things on social media talking about it and showing his face and everything. And it's just, I know I didn't know the guy, but it's just heartbreaking, okay? He changed the scene of motorsports in a huge way with everything he's done. He's been in everything you could think of. Influential guy in the industry. X Games, Rally America, Baja Championship, World Rally, all the Gymkhana videos he produced, which if you don't know what Gymkhana is, just Google it. It's a funny spelling, but it'll come up. He's built cars, he's done snowmobiling, skate, snowboard, husband, father. He was really just 
into it all, and it really, really just kind of sucks to hear that he passed away. I think the first time I actually heard of Ken Block was a Jim Connor video that he did back in 2008. It was the first one that really kind of started that series, and it it blew me away. It totally, it totally blew me away. It redefined car control. It redefined car culture, I think, in a way. At least it highlighted it more. I mean, this is 2008. This is a long time ago. And that first Jim Connor video was so raw back then, too. Not over-the-top cinematography. I don't even think they used drones in it. It was just, just raw footage of him driving this rally car, taking it to the limit, no special effects, just him ripping around in this Subaru, doing crazy slides and stunts and burning the tires off the thing. It was just really, really fun to watch. And I think the camera angles were even kind of new for back then, how it was shot. Dangerously close to the car, real close, camera stuck on the car. Just a gritty mixtape video, kind of had that vibe, and I loved it. I just, I loved it. And I mean, I've been in cars a long time. I love cars. I've always been around them. I've always kind of wanted to tinker and, you know, had big aspirations to be in that industry. And I actually was in the industry for a long time in the, the diesel world. But watching that video really got me more into that type of culture, that power sliding and drifting and rally and that car control, all that stuff. It just, it got me hooked, for lack of a better term. And I really, at that time, wanted to run out and go buy a Subaru and turn it up to 540 horsepower and pretend that I was this guy. And this was 15, 14 years ago. No one knew what this Gymkhana stuff even was. It was new. It's some Japanese form of racing, like time attack stuff, but nobody had heard of it here in the States. And Ken was backed by Subaru. He's been backed by Ford. He was most recently backed by Audi. And the guy was doing, he was doing 99% of what car enthusiasts dream about. He was doing it on film for all of us to watch and take in. I think they made about 10 of those Gymkhana videos, or they're up to 10. They've been to San Francisco. They've been to Vegas. They've been to Dubai. And they're all pretty cool to watch. But if you haven't seen that first one, check it out. I think, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I'll link it in the description. I just rewatched it before doing this podcast and it still impresses me 14 years later. You know, it's kind of a weird dynamic we have with celebrities and athletes that we look up to. It's like we know them or we feel like we know them. I never met this guy. I never met Ken once in my life, never at a, an event or at a show or anything like that. Yet I feel like we've hung out. I feel like I know who he is. And that seems to be why these people have such an effect on us, athletes and sports stars and even actors probably. We watch their content. We see them on social media. We see candid stuff that happens in their lives. We see their families, we see what they're doing, we see what they're eating. So in a way, we kind of do know them. We, we are, they're inviting us into their lives like that, and we feel this connection. So I don't know, it's just kind of interesting that we feel that way about these people because I don't want to say I'm affected by this man's death, but it does really suck. And it's like, man, like that's just, it's terrible news either way, but it's almost like you're losing someone you know. And I'm not going to like shed tears over this or anything, but that's just the way it is. So what can you say? As 
cliche as it sounds, and I don't really like to say it, he he died doing what he loved, I guess. He was a trailblazer in that field, and he just, he was doing stuff he loved to do. We can't live our lives in some safety little bubble, and we can't not do things that excite us or that we enjoy. We can't, we can't do that. We've got to live our lives and, and have fun and enjoy the time we have here because you never know. Because what's living if you're just in a safety bubble all the time? It's not really living, is it? Actually, I had a friend that uh, passed away the same way in a snowmobile accident up in the mountains. He was going up a steep hill. He wiped out, crashed it, his helmet came off, and, and that was it. It was over for him. He was one of my best friends from high school. His name was Donnie. Uh, he recently overcame cancer, and then later that year, he died like this. Granted, this was years and years ago. It was quite a few years ago, but it still kind of sucks to think about. All right, moving on to something that is not, hopefully not so depressing. Like I said in last week's episode, I'm going to try and do more for this show with guests and conversations and quality content. And yes, I'm working on that right now. I've put some feelers out there. I've contacted a few people, sent some emails to try to get this ball rolling. But I do think it's going to take some time. So if you can be patient with me, I would appreciate it. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to put myself out there and get this going so it can be a lot more pleasant for you to listen to. But... You know what that means for today's show, right? More random thoughts by Justin and more articles for me to talk about. Yay, right? Yeah, I know. Not very thrilling. So I had this realization during the holiday season, the holiday break, Christmas. You know, we want to make our kids happy. We love seeing the joy on their face, especially when they open gifts and they see what Santa brought them and all that stuff. And I mean, yeah, we spend hours, right? Searching, thinking what to buy them, what gifts they want. Well, maybe not ours, because if your kid is anything like my kids, they want everything they see. Literally everything they see, they want. I even have a running Christmas list on my phone for my kids. That's because they blurt out countless things that they see on TV or they see in the store that they want. And they ask me, Dad, can you put this on my list? And I'm like, sure, why not? I'll put it on your list. It gives me ideas. But anyways, we also spend quite a bit of money on toys and games and things, right? And sure, they like their things. At least I hope they like their things. And they play with some of it. And I emphasize some because I think a lot of toys and junk they get just ends up sitting unused or collecting dust. It gets opened and then shuffled off into a corner, never to be seen again, and they don't care about it, right? And then add it to the stuff that they already have, and goddamn, it just piles up, and there's things everywhere. So this got my gears turning, and I was like, is that the most important thing? The stuff, the toys, the things? In this realization, this thought I had, I believe it's more important for us to actually play those things with them. Getting down and playing with our kids. Sounds simple, right? Just that act of us disengaging from adult mode to a certain capacity anyways and immersing ourselves into their world and just playing. Sounds very basic. Just play. Instead of just getting them Christmas gifts and other gifts and shoving them at them and saying, okay, go play. Leave me alone so I can sit here and look at my phone I can watch TV or whatever it may be. 
Which on the flip side, hey, kids, uh, at least mine, that's why you have a sibling. You can go scurry off together and play, right? I mean, it's kind of hard for me to do that, to play sometimes. I'm not great at it. I'm not going to sit here and toot my own horn saying I'm just this amazing stay-at-home dad that plays with my kids every waking moment. I don't. Everyone has work schedules and cooking meals and cleaning the house and kids' sports. Everyone is so busy, it can be kind of difficult to make the time to just play. And even if we have the time, there's almost this stigma to it that we're quote-unquote wasting time or it's not okay to be a little lazy, that we should always be productive. I think our society has kind of pushed that, that time is so valuable that we don't want to waste it playing with our kids at any moment. We would rather be doing other things, right? And it's really too bad because I think we're missing out. I think we're missing out on the bigger picture. And being a stay-at-home dad, like I said, my situation is a little different than, than most dads or working parents. I have quite a bit of leisure time, I guess you could say. That doesn't mean that I need to spend every waking moment with my kids, but I think I get a lot more action with them than working parents do. It's much easier for me to go and do stuff with them and play with them and do that because I'm not, my mind isn't occupied with a job. My mind's not occupied with emails I need to send or an office I need to go to for nine hours a day. And I enjoy doing it when I do get to do it, but I do think I should do it more. And I know there are some dads that want to interact with their kids more, but they can't. Or maybe they don't even know how. I've seen that kind of dynamic too. It's like it's weird for them to get down on the floor and play and do stuff with their kids. It's, it's like they don't know how to disengage their brain and do that. And it's kind of sad. I mean, I myself am not much of a pretend guy or a serious play guy by any means. Playing with Barbie is not really my cup of tea. Hey, Barbie, get in my car. Let's go camping. Let's uh, roast fake marshmallows. Like, I don't know. I'm not great at that aspect of it, I guess. I'm more of like a build stuff, set stuff up, Legos, whatever. I like that. I like having an end goal, follow the directions and build this thing. And then that was our play, you know. But I think it's good to actually get down and play with them. And I think they would appreciate it a lot more, us playing with them, than just buying copious amounts of things to occupy them. So, of course, I went online and I found some articles to talk about that promote this thought that I had. I'll link them in the description so you can check them out. I think I found two or three of them. But they mainly just talk about the benefits of play for kids as well as the benefits of play for us, the adults which I thought was kind of interesting. I didn't really think about adults benefiting from play. So I'm just going to go through a few bullet points here and see what they say or see why. It says, play offers substantial physical, emotional, and cognitive benefits. According to clinical therapist Carrie Hamilton, she also says, play helps promote our brain's superpowers that we have innately. And then we're all suffering from a lack of play. And if we played more, our stress would be less and our creativity would be higher, which makes sense if you think about it. When you play, you're not constantly thinking about your job or answering the phone or what's on your phone or other stresses of life, and uh, that makes your stress go down. Plus, what does play do? It makes you pretend, even if I'm bad at it, and pretending requires us to be creative. So I see how that would boost creativity. 
This article says that when parents spend just 30 minutes a week, just 30 a week, that's it, in child play, it strengthens the parent-child relationship and decreases stress for both. So how do we actually define play? Like, what would you consider play? It says it's not a particular activity, it's more of a state of being, according to Dr. Stuart Brown. He says that play deeply engages us and gives us pleasure, alters our sense of time and place, and it's more about the experience than the actual outcome. He says play can take many shapes. Legos, pretend dress up, sports, even video games, or playing outside and pretending that the sidewalk is a balance beam, or the curb is a balance beam, or that there's a maze in your backyard, or whatever it is. It can, it can take many shapes, many forms. And it can also be non-play activities like baking or gardening or pretty much anything where you're having fun and spending time together, I would guess. So I do this thing when I put my daughter to bed and it's play. I would consider it play. It makes us laugh. We will read together before bed for about 15 minutes and then we'll sit in there and talk and chit chat for probably another 10 my daughter has this little stuffy, this little stuffy sheep. And at some point, I'll pick this sheep up and I will pretend that it comes to life. It has these black little beady eyes and it just, it just looks, it has this goofy look to it. And I will make it talk and ask silly questions to my oldest daughter. And she will absolutely crack up over these stupid little questions I ask her with this doll. And I mean, she doesn't think the doll's alive. It's not like that. She sees me pretending to make the damn voice, but she laughs so hard and I've never, I never hear her laugh as much as she does when I make this dumb sheep talk and, and play. And that to me is play. Like I said, I'm not a great pretender, but I'm just giving this stupid thing a voice and making it walk around and ask her how school was and I ask other questions and it almost makes her talk to me a little more. It makes us bond together a little bit more, brings us closer. And it's just a damn sheep. It even makes me laugh. It's so dumb, but it works. That's kind of, you know, we're not actually playing with some toys. Well, it's our stuffy we're playing with, but I don't know. So that's like an unconventional way of play. Carrie Hamilton also says that one of the biggest benefits when kids play with their parents is an increase in neural connectivity and integration. So what in the hell does that mean? Well, I'm not a scientist. I don't really know. So I looked it up. Well, it's talking about brain-body connection. In the brain, nerve cells are present at birth and eventually make millions of connections depending on the child's life experiences. And the brain's ability to develop and maintain these connections is based on new movement and play experiences as the child grows. And actually, they can be lost as a result of limited activity or limited stimulation. So we don't really want to stifle our kids too much, their movement and their stimulation. Brain development doesn't stop after early childhood either, but the window, they say, narrows, making it harder for adults to learn skills that they missed during childhood. And it's a child's activity level and active playtime that determines their ultimate brain development and extent of adult capabilities. So that's very interesting. I, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that play is directly correlated with neural development in the brain and in the body. That whole description there came from pennstate.edu. I'll link it in the description. It's a pretty good article about play and the brain development in that aspect. So it's kind of cool. Anyways, Hamilton also says play increases academic learning 
language development, gross motor development, as well as social emotional things, working through problems, communicating their feelings, help them become more resilient, and it also builds their confidence. So it really is an important aspect for kids. It affects a lot more shit than I ever really thought. And it kind of makes me think of all those times that I told my girls to sit still, calm down, relax, like stop playing with this non-toy item or put that back or whatever. Kind of makes me feel like a dick now, you know, that I was tamping that down, which yes, we still have to be parents. Our kids can't be crazy and run all over the place and overrun us and overrun our house and freak out. But I think we can promote that play and promote that movement and do it with them as well. So if we just take those 30 little minutes, like I mentioned, stick to it, our kids will begin to look forward to it if we keep doing it at a consistent pace. And they even mention here that they'll open up to us more, like my daughter does when I put her to bed and pretend with a stuffy. So I think that's an interesting experience as well. We want our kids to open up. We want our kids to tell us things that are going on in their lives. And in order for them to do that, we need to kind of get down on their level and play with them. Now, last part, we can't forget about ourselves. Hamilton says, play is just as important for us too, the adult. When we engage in it with our kids, we become more productive ourselves. We become more creative. We become less stressed. And when we're in that moment, that connection with our kids, our brains become flooded with oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, all of which help our brains fight stress. And when our stress levels go down, the curious parts of our brain start to appear and come out. That's kind of cool. Brown, the other doctor, I know I'm flip-flopping between two different doctors here, but this Brown doctor said that play forces us to ask ourselves, who am I when I'm not performing? Who am I when I'm not earning? Like, who are you in the moment when you're unplugged from everything else? It's kind of like a deep question in a way. Who are you? What do you like? What makes you happy? How do you pretend almost? It's, I don't know, kind of on a pretty deep level. It helps you disconnect and play is in our nature. But we kind of just shove it off to the side because we're so scared and unwilling to be unproductive. He says we should not only play with our kids, but we should also set time aside to play with ourselves. Well, that, that doesn't sound right. You know what I mean, though. Not play with yourself, but find a hobby. Find something you enjoy playing. Maybe I should word it that way instead of playing with yourself. But do what you want to do, and that will, I'm assuming, open up that creative side and that curious parts of your brain and reduce the stress as well. And actually, I saw something in the news the other day, and they were talking about how a lot of toys are being bought up by, I don't know what, age range. Maybe it was millennials, 30, 40 year olds. And they were, there was actually a, a surge in toy sales with that age group because they're buying things from their past. They're buying, you know, Lego sets. They're buying other toys. They're buying, I don't know, the freaking Millennium Falcon. And they're building that and they're disengaging from their job and they're playing. This doesn't mean you should go home and play video games for 12 hours and neglect your spouse and neglect your your house and whatever, but you can carve out some time to do things that you enjoy. He also says, let kids lead their play as well. Let them do that on their own terms without a lot of direction from us. So yeah, get out there, 
play with your kids, put your phone away because you're not really going to be engaged with your children. If you have your phone and you're scrolling through Facebook and you're looking at TikTok or whatever the hell you're doing, looking at the sports scores, put that away, disengage from it. You'll feel better. I guarantee it. I know I preach it all the time and just build stuff with your kids, play a game, be silly, go to the park, even without your phone. Okay. As well as do stuff with yourself. Find those hobbies. Like I mentioned, find something you enjoy doing. I go to my garage a lot. That's a hobby for me. That's, that's kind of play building stuff and creating things and, and having fun. That's play for me. So find something that you enjoy that's not staring at your phone and, and go play, go have fun. And it's, it's okay to not be productive sometimes. All right. Well, that is about all I have for today's episode of Stay at Home Dad's podcast. I hope I gave you some insightful information today. Maybe a few good takeaways that you can implement in your own life. You can get down there and play with your kids for just 30 minutes, 30 minutes a week. I almost said 30 minutes a day. It's 30 minutes a week. That's literally not that much time. And do it at a regular interval and your kids will begin to really look forward to it and uh, open up to you. Anyways, if you like what you heard today, please feel free to share this show on your social media or share it with a friend. Let them know that they can find it on all the big streaming platforms. It's on pretty much every single one of them, so they can find it if they do a search for it as well. Also, if you have any questions or comments for me, please stop by podbean.com. There's a little comment box there. Just drop them in there. Let me know. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know what you want to complain about. I'm all ears. Also, there's a little follow button there, too. You can click that follow button, and then that lets me know that you're listening and subscribed on there. Anyways, thank you again for listening so much. I do appreciate it, and I will talk to you all next week.